Hello, guys. Welcome. This is the Passion Podcast with me, your host, Ashton Kyle. Today, we're doing a special interview with musician Lysergia. Say hello. Hi. All right. So there we go. And we're not really going to do a warm-up topic today because I had one in mind, but like on second thought, probably shouldn't talk about it because it's kind of a little bit of a secret. But maybe if you tune into the end of the podcast, I will, I'll, I will tell you. So, you know, maybe I will, maybe you, will, I won't. You're just, you just need to stay tuned. That's what's, that's what's gonna happen. All right. I might even just talk about it in the middle, you know. But whenever I get the chance, I got a little secret I gotta tell you guys. Also, thank you for 100 plays, over 100 plays. I think we're at 108 now. That's like kind of crazy, just for like five podcasts and like low key effortless, like not really trying too hard but i'm trying to get better you know i've started to do a little bit more detailed descriptions i'm trying to get better fitting thumbnails maybe you can start photoshopping them i usually do that it's just like kind of lazy so anyway let's get right into the interview what is your name lysergia what is your name my real name yeah you can just say your first name i, I don't care about last names. i just want a first name my name is Brian. It's spelled with an I, not a Y. It's the right way to spell it. All right, Brian. Thank you so much. So what made you choose the name Lysergia? Well, when I think about music, I find that it gives me a strange state of bliss. And when I think of Lysergia, it's the word is supposed to represent a place or a state. And in this case, Technically, it can re- represent both, I suppose. Um, but it's it's supposed to be like a state of bliss. That's what the name means. And I find that music gives me kind of a state of bliss, more so psychedelic music, as you can hear in some of my mm. previous projects. I focused on kind of psychedelic music. Not all of it, though, but I kind of associate it more with my psychedelic music. But obviously, it applies to all of my music. Mm-hmm. That's but especially so cool. in the direction I was headed for originally. Yeah. Did you have any like previous names or any aliases you went under? I have. But right. I think that they're a little silly. Yeah. All right. Interesting. So um names a big thing, but also did the did the names usually just relate to like do you feel like you've distinct you've like properly distinguished like who you are? And what your sound's gonna be with um this new name, this new um like area to re- release music in. Somewhat, I don't think that I can determine all of the sounds right now. I think that it it's a thing that happens in the moment. Yeah, and it's like slowly like it's changing. I, yeah, exactly, it's changing, and it's really beautiful the change. Now, if you don't my know music? my surge yet, let me just explain. It starts off right. with a nice single, and it's called Stop Getting So High. If you don't mind, I'm just going to go over your discography real quick, okay? Sure, you can. So it starts with the single, Stop Getting So High. And that reminds me of really just your days of releasing singles. You also released albums. However, the sound was just like, it just wasn't there. You know what I mean? The production has gotten so, so, so much better in everything. And you can tell there's been lots of practice. And then you get into noise nostalgia. And this is a noise album. And I have no idea how you even achieved 
the first song, let alone all of the other ones, which were insane. The amount of effort and practice and exploring different new areas of production that I've just never seen seen before. And what do you use to produce these? That's actually a secret. It's a secret. Exactly. It's actually like, a secret. You, you could never know, you know, you could never know. It's actually, I don't know how you do it. So that's noise nostalgia. And then we move into more demos for Charlotte. We got demos for Charlotte. Now this album, what were you trying to achieve with this album? Well, it's kind of a funny story. And um, so basically, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was growing a beard at the time. And it had grown out too much, I found. I didn't like it. So I wanted to motivate myself to finish the album. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to shave my beard until I'm done this album. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) essentially, what it really was, was a rushed album. So that's why it's demos, because it's demos are the shorter or immediate version of a song that might develop because some of the Mm -hmm. some of the songs on that album have other versions like longer and more developed versions um and some were just demos that like were like what they are really they're just short songs short basic lo-fi songs so it was actually a rushed album but i think i like how it turned out a lot of people really like um the first song on it a lot of people mm-hmm. like the second song. Other people like um, other songs like Rough Night and Little Riff. Yeah. Uh, last song is kind of strange because I actually sampled myself on hold. I took the sample of uh, the hold music and I reversed it, slowed it down, and changed the pitch. But that's not the whole song. That's just a sample within the song. That is so awesome that you did that. Now... Can I talk about these songs a little bit? Sure. And just how and how remarkable they are. Like, let me just like props to you, bro, because the first track on this album, A Beginner's Guide to Staring into the Sun, the production is amazing. It impresses ev- everyone that I show. They're like, "Man, your friend did this," and I'm like, "Yeah, isn't that sick?" Like, the amount of like musical knowledge and like dedication you have is like admirable and it really like that's when it first hit for me like you remember we were talking on the phone and i told you how i literally cried listening to that i was like there's no way you know that you did that it was like it was actually beautiful (laughs) like i could tell that you really created a piece of art with that one and then it continues down the rest of the album like i wish i remember telling you this i wish there was a full version Demos for Charlotte of of demos for Charlotte. Yes, I I want I want Charlotte. I want Charlotte the album or for Charlotte or maybe a different name. But just all these full songs would be so amazing. Well, just, um, there are they start. It's great. There's an extended version of Rough Night, and there's an extended version of um, Little Riff, and there's an extended version of. Uh, what's it called strange except strange is not called strange it's called charlotte so oh that's so cool and where can you find these extended versions um they're not released and they are some of them aren't actually recorded for example there's a hint um, towards actually 
no, there's a hint towards it on my demo album because you can hear a voice at the end of Rough Night say, I bet the live version will be longer. And that's a yeah. hint at saying that that completed song. Mm-hmm. Um, like such a great detail. Just wondering, like, do you have plans of like, if you were to ever sell physical copies of your music to include, uh, include both the demo and full versions for people who want to pay for real physical music just from you well i i might release both but i probably wouldn't put them together i would probably release it as a demo album and then release the official album as an album if i chose to do that super super cool dude now do you want to talk about your latest album your trauma well it um it was received as an album actually but it's actually an ep Mm mm-hmm um, some people think it's an album. It's actually not. It's six songs. It's only about 18 minutes. So, <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of obviously an EP, but some people think it was an album. So I just kind of want to clarify that. It's actually yeah. an EP. Your trauma is fully instrumental. However, it is the most detailed music I have out, I would say. The most detailed yeah. in meaning. Mm-hmm. Because and each song is supposed to represent a state of grief and trauma. Yeah. And listening to this, I like have felt and recalled emotions that I haven't remembered in so long. And it just reminds me of all that. And I think it's amazing that your music can do that. Like, There's actually an organized pattern within the music. Mm-hmm. Like, it starts off with actions speak louder than words. That song is supposed to represent the action happening. It speaks to you louder than the words do. It happens. You, in like the middle of the song, you can hear that huge explosion in the song because it goes from ambient psychedelic to noise. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to normal towards the end. You're like, why does it go back to normal? It's because you're trying to push it away. You're trying to go back to normal. But as the album progresses, you find that you can't because you then move on to, I remember that, but I wish I didn't because you just want to get rid of it, but you can still remember it. Mm -hmm. Then you try denying it, deny your pain. And then you hear from purple to black and white. Purple to black and white is a metaphor for color to no color in your life. And you're finding that it's starting to bring on depression. It's really a metaphor Mm -hmm. for depression. Then you get... can I just yes. Um, yes. What's the significance of purple? Like, is purple just the color that you wanted to use, or like, like why would you say? Well, it's a color. Color. I actually sometimes I experience minor hallucinations, and a recurring color is purple. So I chose to use oh. that one. Oh, interesting. Okay, continue then. Followed by that is if stars had faces. That's like kind of an attempt to cope. If stars had faces is supposed to be not necessarily a metaphor, but a an idea, for example, that you might have when you're on drugs, because the point is that you're coping with drugs and like you might think, oh, I'm so happy. All these stars have faces. They're all smiling back at me. Mm-hmm. And then when you come down, you feel angry again. You want revenge and you say, I'll ruin you back. Um, and then after that, you finish with Alaska 1988. The name doesn't have much meaning because it comes from a dream I heard you had actually. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, that would be cool to just use as a song name. The audio is very short. It's very 
confusing to listen to. The point is that it's kind of a sad ending because they never mm-hmm. get over the trauma. And they just go crazy. Yeah. They just lose their mind completely. That song's supposed to be. Yeah, and and like dreams are similar to delusions almost. Yes, and like I think that 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 like etymology of the whole title and everything, just like it's dream delusion, like not like going crazy from the trauma like that's that's art right there that's so cool i love that that you included that very dark album though to be honest because it's not a very happy mm-hmm. album because it's not a happy ending whatsoever yeah do you have any influences for that album influence on that album uh real life events real life events yes um what about music musical influences like from a musical perspective on that album no not really i felt that i was my own influence yeah i think so too because how you um uh combined like electronic noise all that kind of stuff and like storytelling is insane that's so abstract and foreign from what you see these days like you can like listen to an electronic album, but like it's hard. It's really hard to come up with these the story. But your trauma is really clear, especially with the the titles. Like the titling is very clear, concise, and like also with your explanation, it makes so much sense. And it's like it's breathtaking, just like coming to the understanding of like the the full complete meaning of this EP. You know, you don't need words and lyrics. You don't need lyrics yeah, exactly. to tell the story, really. And exactly. actually, there exactly. was, I've, never, I've just never seen that. There was um, actually one influence on the sound that I can think of. At the time yeah. that I made it, I was listening to a lot of a band called Boards of Canada. They make instrumental, yeah. ambient, and psychedelic and IDM music. So that was a little influence on the sound. Yeah. What does IDM stand for? I actually do not know. Oh, interesting. Similar to EDM, I don't know what EDM stands for. I think EDM stands for electronic dance music. Well, then I'm not sure what IDM stands for, but that's what the genre is classified as. Yeah. I don't know where you'd be dancing to Boards of Canada, to be honest. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, there Maybe are some songs. Art gallery. <laughs> All right, well... Thank you for like going over all of that. Now I'd like to get into like your personal life, get a little personal. Like, um, when were you like introduced to music? Like, and who introduced you? I would say I specific, like an inciting incident. I mean, with music, what was it? I would say when I came to the realization that I wanted to make music was yeah 13 I would say and oh, when I was 13 I thought I wanted to make hip hop music at the time I tried yeah. doing it I thought it was mm-hmm. okay but then as yeah. time passed I got a little bit bored of hip hop music and I was like I still want to make hip hop music but uh it's nowhere near what I want to focus on anymore so I did release some music on SoundCloud, a little bit on YouTube, I believe as well. Yes, I did. Um, 
And then I changed my name after that. And then I started releasing in stores and I started making mm-hmm. more serious, high quality music. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Now who like introduced you to like, like any, any music, like, like how young were you when you were just like, you were like recognizing rhythms and like certain songs that like maybe your parents would play in the car and you're like, this is some good shit. Like when, it, when were you just like, man, like I like listening to music. When did you fall well, when I with, the, with music? Well, for my 13th birthday, I went to go mm-hmm. see my first concert, which was Gorillaz. Um, I was very much into the band Gorillaz. I'm not so much anymore, but at the time I was. And I decided to take guitar lessons. I uh, didn't take guitar lessons for very long because as time passed, I felt that it wasn't necessary and I felt that I could teach it to myself, which I mm-hmm. very well can because I'm doing much better at it now. Um, yep. And I wanted to play Feel Good Ink on the guitar, actually, which is kind of funny. But I'd say that was like a big impact, the Feel fact Good that I want. The... I can, yes, can I can. I didn't even know Right that. now, That's no, so I cannot. Because cool. <laughs> my guitar is actually out of... Man... But that that's so awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. I think so, so yeah. That's, it's a pretty basic yeah, song, to be fair. Yeah, like, I, I didn't even know that. Like, being close to you, I never even realized that, like, like, that chain of events ever existed. But that's so fascinating. How it all just, it unfurled so quickly. From 13 to now you're 16, correct? Yes. To release this quality of music at sixteen while managing like just your life is insane. Like, to what point would you say? Like, what percentage of your life is pretty much just mu- music? Like your day. Um, like a hundred. A hundred percent, like it's music all the way. Yes. Oh, I love the dedication so much. Um. All right. Um. Now, do you have any? Like anything you want to share? Any like something? I'm having a high chew right now. You're having a high chew right now. All right, that's awesome. Now, exactly. I'm just gonna make some connections between you and another artist. Okay, are are you okay with that? Yeah, you're a shit artist. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So you know Grimes, of course. Yeah, I know Grimes. And you know that I love Grimes. Now, I watched so many Grimes interviews because I just wanted to, like, watch her talk about shit because she seemed so cool. So, I found out a little bit about, like, her, like, personal music, like, everything that she does. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Just, like, a little glimpse. And you really remind me of her, actually, which is so weird. Like, for example, demos for Charlotte. I'm not going to shave until this album's done. Grimes did that exact same thing. Wasn't shaving, though. She wouldn't leave her room until her album was done. And I think that album was... Oh, what Grimes album was that? I think it was Visions, but I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure the Visions album um, was like demos for Charlotte in that sense, where, like, she was like, okay, I just need to get this done. And I won't do this until that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then another similarity between you and Grimes, I'd say you guys just have like a very interesting, like, like 
dedication to music and art because you both are just like that's just your life that's what you do and then even like okay so here's just like i don't know today i've been thinking about the relationship between diet and the way people live and what they do during their day like people who eat less obviously just have more time to do other things so they get into other habits like how has like music changed your diet like do you find yourself like wanting certain foods that like make you think like more musically like because i've like felt so much more musical after eating certain things or like eating in a certain way you know not really all right because i'm just trying to make an anthropological connection between music and diet because i feel like that's been a big thing over like the entire like history of music you know what i mean i hate anthropology you hate anthropology really i love Love psychology though yeah psychology is great i love all of them like i like you might like not like anthropology but you like you begin to realize it 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 requires a lot more critical thinking i'd say now i just when you get like a fact about psychology you can easily apply it to anything or sociology is like a little harder to apply like you're learning about it but anthropology i'd say is the hardest because you have to think so far in the past you don't just think about things you see and experience you gotta like guess and infer which is i that's why i think anthropology is harder i disagree based upon facts and more theory because i find that anthropology is historical and with history and with history we have information on history yeah. with the president, but with the present, we don't have all the information in the present. Because you can look back. Hmm. But with psychology, we don't have yes. all the information. Sociology, we don't have all the information. Anthropology, we have a handful of the information. Yes, we have a handful of the other information too. But the thing is, we have a lot more information from generations ago. But with psychology and sociology, we don't have all that inf- information. Yeah, I mean, that that's a very valid point. But I also think anthropology is a bit of nonsense. Nonsense? Like, what do you mean, nonsense? I think it's irrelevant, personally. It's irrelevant? <laughs> yeah. I So far, most of the people that I've mentioned anthropology to, like, for instance, I mentioned to Kyla's mom. I was like anthropology is so cool and she's like what are you gonna do if you study anthropology and i'm like exactly anthropologist exactly but it's not about the, it's not about that it's just about the like the the stakeholder like the the view you have you know on the world as an anthropologist is just different and it's cool that's that's pretty much it like i'd study anthropology just to change my way of thinking about everything well, my Not way even for like a career, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's interesting for me. I don't know why. Well, my view on the world is pretty negative. Yeah. I mean, mine is too, but the reason for that is answered um, from historical events, which is anthropology, really. So, boom, pretty, pretty fantastic. Um. I think I want to get into that little story about what happened, the little secret. You want to hear What's what happened, Brian? 
Yeah, I want to hear. The secret is yesterday at work, there was a bomb threat. A bomb threat. Yes, at McDonald's, there was a fucking bomb threat. Now, I'm not supposed to talk about this shit, but, like, this is low-key. No one's gonna fucking hear this. It's, like, it's, like, a secret, so, like, I don't know. And nothing bad happened, alright? Nothing bad happened. I want to explain that everything went smoothly and no one fucking got blown up. There was no bomb, alright? But I'm just gonna explain my whole chain of events yesterday um, with the bomb threat at McDonald's. And you can ask questions or whatever. I'm just going to tell the story because I think it's pretty interesting and you might want to know. So I walk to work. All right. I'm early. It's 435. And I work at five o'clock, but I'm here anyway. And I see my friend Scott leaving and leaving work because he's an employee there, too. And Scott's like, bro, there's a bomb threat. And I'm like, no way there's a bomb threat. And like, I'm glad I'm here early because now I know there's a bomb threat because I catch Scott before he goes home. Like, that's awesome. And then I find out there's a bomb threat without even walking into the store. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I walk into the store. I go into the kitchen and I'm like, the bomb is here. (laughs) And everyone's like, bro, what the fuck? fuck what do you mean the bomb is here how do you know about that (laughs) and i was like yeah scott told me there was a bomb threat and they're like yeah there was and then soon enough the owner just shows up and she's like all right guys the police are coming i'm like what the fuck did i just walk into a whole ass bomb threat so then the owner's there and then i accidentally cracked a joke in front of her bro she shoots me the nastiest look and she's like, what the fuck did you just say? Well, she didn't say what the fuck, but she was pretty much like, don't say that. That's horrible. And then I instantly was like, wait, holy shit. This could actually be like some real, like a real problem. Like, I honestly just took it like as a joke at first. Because when I did walk in, there was no panic. Everyone was just doing their job. And I was like, okay, it must just be a prank call. But anyway, the cops come. They bring a bomb squad as well <laughs> like these two dudes and they didn't even bring a mask which was so weird they were they were just like they looked exactly the same wearing the same like uniform with like explosive protection and all this shit no mask and i was like low-key scared and then i'm like okay where's the dog and they're like the dog isn't here yet and i'm like what do you mean these like men in black type agents are here but the dog isn't here like is the <laughs> bro i was losing it over the dog and I was expecting a fucking, like, a little baby beagle or some little small dog. But apparently it was a huge German shepherd. And I found that hilarious that they had a little, that, I mean, a huge German shepherd just sniffing out this bomb. Oh, my God. And then also, um, we had to close the store while this all was happening. So we were closed for, like, half an hour. And we were just eating all the food. And we had to throw it all out because it was all going bad. But then after we opened... Everything is fine. And don't ever prank call McDonald's. It's so fucking annoying. The guy is definitely arrested now for what he did. And it was horrible to even say that. Because, like, I don't know. Another thing is, like, I've worked with people at McDonald's because there's a lot of, we like, there's, like, a whole, um, there's a whole system in place where if an employer hires a certain amount of immigrants, they're, like, they get some kind of benefit or something. So pretty much I work with a lot of new Canadians and they've experienced some crazy shit. And like for them to have to relive that in that way 
would be so horrible and it's like disgusting that someone would do such a horrible thing but anyway that was my day yesterday so back to the interview thanks for listening right no problem so brian yeah brian what did you think about that that story i thought whoever did that call is a fucking retard honestly literally like the they ruined their life over a mcdonald's prank call over a a mcdonald's prank call like (laughs) that would fucking suck and the worst thing is like bro i could i could that could have been me because i'm a dumbass and i do stupid shit like that and like if someone told me to do it i would probably do it and then i would get arrested like i'm on it i honestly am almost the type of person to do that which is horrible so I was like, I was scared for the dude. I was like, bro, your life is over. Some crazy empathy. But there you go. Um, do you agree to my comparison with you and Grimes? Do you think you guys are similar? I suppose. All right. Good, bro. Good. Grimes is super cool. Like, I think it's like a compliment, to be honest, to compare someone to Grimes, which is hilarious. Not a lot of people agree on that, but like, I'm such a dork for her a dork <laughs> for crimes you know what i'm saying bro yeah hell yeah all right so where do you see yourself going in the future in the music business or in the yeah you know what i mean as lysergia um i think people are gonna want to buy my records and i think that people are yeah. gonna be like oh that's so ahead of its time. And then like people like the few people that listen to it are going to be like, I listened to him when he made noise and nostalgia shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Like people like you, a couple of your friends, a couple of my friends, people that Mm -hmm. listen to my music that I don't really talk to. Cause there are some people that listen to my, that I don't really talk to. Mm -hmm. Dude. I'm so glad that you think that man. Yeah, to be honest, like, I'm that's, that's pretty like, confident that my music will go somewhere. Yes, I see that too. I totally see that too. And I'm also anticipating the future of Lesergia as well. Like, can I have a hint on the podcast? What is the next project going to look like? Next project is, if I had to guess, I'd say it's going to be about 20 songs. Because I don't know how many songs oh yet, but I'd say probably about 20 songs. Um, um, how would you describe the album, like genre-wise, maybe, or topic? A lot of genres, a lot. Awesome, bro! I can't wait. More than the other mixed genre albums. I I love mixed genre albums. They are literally amazing. If an artist can pull off multiple genres, like Mad Respects, and I know you can do it, just because of the kind of music you listen to is so diverse. I listen to everything other than like K-pop exactly. and country because it's kind of nonsense. <laughs> K-pop and country. Damn. Ain't that facts, man. But I got to let you know that there's some pretty good K-pop. Nonsense. BTS is actually so in- inspirational. Not nonsense, bro. BTS was like, <laughs> you know what fucking happened? <laughs> they were the forced Korean to wipe government. their ass with Lysol wipes when they were six. <laughs> why is that fucking accurate bro they all look like they they use wet wipes to wipe bro 
<laughs> That's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> All right, but anyway, the Korean government gave these guys a pass, pretty much. All right, because in Korea, you have to serve a certain amount of like military service, like everyone does, no matter what. So the Korean government was like, "All right, you guys are exempt because you're cultural icons." And I was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" <laughs> so they like they can like delay their whole like military service to like after they're done making music, which I think is so cool that that happened to K-pop, a big K-pop group. Like, what the fuck? Imagine that happening to like Justin Bieber. <laughs> He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, bro. <laughs> is this an interview or is it uh, jokes? I honestly don't know anymore. Who's taking pictures? Well, it's just it's just for fun, man. That's what it is. Just what I'm passionate about. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought it was interesting that you said, like BTS. You don't listen to BTS. Like, like, like don't, obviously don't. you don't listen to BTS because. You, you're not Korean and you're not a Korea boo <laughs> because those are the only people that listen to BTS really but like I just think it's like ridiculous it's a whole different thing whole different culture it's ridiculous to you because you just like just I don't know you don't know because I just don't saying. understand and it's like <laughs> yeah I know they're so flashy and they wear like they wear makeup and shit that's kind of weird man like that's not like North American um Bands, I'd say, or like European ones. It's a pretty Korean culture thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big difference. That's um more anthropology, ethnocentrism. Like from an ethnocentric point of view, you might say BTS is bad. You know, but if you're like thinking multi multiculturally, you're like, damn, you know. BTS is pretty sick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Brian? No, I don't. All right. Well, anyway, I do like anthropology. It's it's everywhere. You've made that like, clear. You gotta. Yeah, I've definitely made that clear. Um, who are some of your favorite artists and inspirations? Um, I really like a band called that I've stuck with you. Guided by voices. They're not very popular, but I like them a lot. Um, I like the Talking Heads. They're kind of like a funk rock band from the 80s. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Pavement, 90s indie rock, kind of grunge a little bit. I like Ariel Pink. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of genres. And similar to Ariel Pink, I like Animal Collective. Um, I like Alex G, Sandy Alex G. Uh, Some Car Seat Headrests. The Smiths, The Cure, Joy Division. Uh, a little bit of 100 Gex is all right to me. King Cruel. Oh, sweet. Uh, Beck. Uh, the Drums, The Beatles, uh, The Beach Boys, okay. Black Flag, Deer Hunter. I have a question. Yeah. Um, What makes a band good or like an artist good? Like, what do you look for? What are the look fors? Dedication diversity in sound yeah uh compared to mm-hmm. others and compared to their own music because if all their albums sound the same it's kind of an issue if it sounds like other artists it's an issue 
Mm-hmm. As long as it sounds different from other artists and their albums are diverse, I find that very attractive. That's why I really like Death Grips also, because Death Grips, they make different. Yes. Their albums are really different. Mm-hmm. Yes, Death Grips is great. I agree with you on that. And now, I would have never listened to Death Grips if I have never if I didn't know you. But since I know you, you know, I've just like listened to Death Grips, and honestly, it's life changing. Like that is like it's amazing music. Like my taste would just be like so much more bland without some Death Grips in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you can handle yeah. Death Grips, you can no. handle about anything. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's not like super super hardcore because most of it just like it just sounds crazy and it's like really aggressive but it's just like the fact that it's not like approachable for all audiences makes it like it gives it that it like, makes it sexy initiation artist exactly it makes it sexy because death groups is such so sexual music sexy. i find like it's it's yes it is you can feel it in you and and, and when you get into like the emotion part of music just if, and it's like a different sound that's not easy to get into then you can get into other bands like death groups that are more experimental and different you know what i'm saying yeah like it's a great little whew, into that world especially if you like i don't know maybe if you like like pop or you like trap because it's got like really weird trap and pop influences but also not at all you know what i mean it's just so beyond everything we know now about music which is insane you know what i'm saying i suppose and i think you're like that too brian or should i say lysergia bro like you can just call me brian during the interview i suppose yeah yeah literally holy crap you're gonna be like ahead of your time as well i can sense it and i know you already said that that people are gonna like look at your music like that but i totally agree and it's great and if you're listening right now i encourage you heavily check out lysergia anywhere um and listen to the some some of these songs you can listen to stop getting so high or you can listen to all of them but these are just my suggestions you can listen to um beginner's guide to staring in the sun you can listen to yak yak I really like that song. Kind of intense for I wish people. It was longer. It, would... it is kind of intense. Some people like, might get turned off by it, but you never know. Yeah. A full version of that song would be so satisfying because it like gets into the, some really primal shit and I really like it. I really really like that primal vibe. Yeah. It's like death grips. And I've never heard anything like that before. Yeah, it is. It's like Death Grips. Death Grips feels like you're a caveman or some shit, bro. It's some caveman. Vibe. Can I give some recommendations? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go I ahead. would also suggest the song Strange. Um, mm-hmm. The song Rough Night is also pretty nice. It's very short, but very nice. Yeah. Um, I normally don't suggest this, actually, but I think I would, actually, now that I think of it. The Moon Spoke... The Moon Spoke is a very interesting song to me. I think that people might find it interesting too. Um, and from your trauma, I would recommend I Remember That, but I Wish I Didn't. And If Stars Had Faces. I would also recommend it the first. I would, If you have seven minutes and 30 seconds to sit through a song, if you have the patience for that, I would recommend Actions Speak Louder Than Words. 
Mm -hmm. And I agree. Like, the patience pays off. Once you get through the first song, that EP goes by really quickly because it's, like, by, like, three to seven times longer than every single song on the EP. And it's just, like, it's really cool how it just, like, it sets the it sets the mood in everything like that. It's just insane. Like how it all works. Of everything. And it's like, it's a really beautiful EP. Very organized, yet everything sounds like an individual song as well. Which is hard to pull off. You don't want every single song to sound the same. And it'd be like one long song, but you also want it to like, not be too different that like, there's no unity at all in the album. Um, how did you pull that off? Which is my question. Like, what do you do to do like create unity in in an album? Um, I actually don't think it's that complicated. I think that all you have to do is just use different instruments, use different different tempos, mm-hmm. different um, uh, tunings, different pitches, different. Um, chords i don't think it's that complicated really all right that's different moods as well um but i feel that with a with an album you you do want the same mood for the most part Mm -hmm. um what's your advice to anybody listening who maybe wants to get into making music my advice is to be patient if you think that you're bad at music don't say that you are bad at music. It's yeah. okay to think it, but don't just assume that right away because you need to give yourself time to practice. You don't have to limit yourself to practicing mm-hmm. one thing at a time. You can practice like five instruments at once. There's no reason why you can't. But the thing is you do have to practice them all. Actually practice. Yeah. But practice doesn't have to be boring because you can really play whatever you want as long as you're playing properly expose yourself mm-hmm. to different music also exposure and in, in, creates influence mm-hmm. and now where do you draw the line between influence and like copy paste you know yes i know what you're Control saying C, Control D. i think that you're copying when you say a lot of statements could be interpreted as a hint that somebody's about to copy an artist such as I want my album to sound like Salad Days by Mac DeMarco. That's copying, yeah. for example. If you say something like, I really like these five artists, I think I'd like to put a little bit of everything mm-hmm. into my work. That's like influence. But if you're saying, I want my album to sound like Salad Days by Mac DeMarco, that's like full copying. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think we should we should leave off with something that I'm a little bit more interested. I'm more of a visual arts kind of guy. Well, you're definitely more musical, but tell me about the album EP covers, the arts for the albums and the EPs. Tell me about them. I want to know. Okay. They're so cool. And like, I want to know the story behind them and what they mean. Noise nostalgia is an image of... An outdoor scene. I did not take it. I don't know the person that took it. I saw it 
taken by somebody who was anonymous. I didn't see it get taken, but I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a confusing story because I can't remember all of it, but I can remember that it was someone else's photo and I decided to take it mm-hmm. um, without permission and I edited it. And I edited it to make it look like it was dark, kind of like an explosion, because I feel that that's what noise nostalgia sounds like. But hidden in it, mm-hmm. hidden in that image is some form of beauty, because in reality, it was an outdoor scene. So some could argue that there's hidden beauty in noise nostalgia, such as the nostalgic samples and sounds that you hear in it, such as Dream Machine, the intro to nostalgia, um, the chord progression and semitone stairway to break through. Um, I'd say that's all kind of a hidden beauty or hidden form of nostalgia. So it's kind of like hidden in the details, hidden in the image as well. So the image reflects. Yeah, because yeah, like I didn't even realize what the image was. Like I, I thought there was a sky and maybe trees involved. But then when you mentioned it, I was like, I really see how it's just really distorted. And it's so that's so cool. It's so cool. What about Demos for Charlotte? Demos for Charlotte. That is a real image. It's an image of an outdoor scene also taken by you. I cropped the image to fit an album. I edited it to make it look like a poorly done child's painting. Um... And then I just drew over top of it in horrible writing saying demos for Charlotte because it's supposed to represent the sound as well. It's very raw. It's very rough. Mm -hmm. So I wanted the image to be raw and rough also. I get very uncomfortable looking at the image actually because I hate seeing bad album cover art. I don't think it's necessarily bad because it does reflect the sound and it's not that awful either, but it's hard to look at because it it does show how rough it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot to do the I think it is great. Thanks. I think it's great. Um, I forgot to talk about stop getting so high. Stop getting so high. Oh, we can just, we can do that last. Okay, sure. Or yeah, you can just do it now. Tell me, tell me about it. Sure. Um, Stop Getting So High is a picture of my jaw. It's inverted. You can actually buy hoodies with a bigger image of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the design was made in, I believe, early or mid-2019. The song was also recorded in mid-2019, but released in early mid 2020 on in stores uh the cover was originally a little cartoon kind of like a zoom in of a little cartoon but then for this i wanted it to be my jaw no real meaning really image uh any influences pardon any influences by the um inversion of um i honestly can't remember to be honest i really can't because it, it kind of gives me like an iridescence of uh, uh it could have been but i honestly don't remember yeah i mean it's like completely original but like that's just like it's 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 a really cool photo and it'd look great on a black sweater that's all i'm gonna it's say. actually I'm available gonna, on a white sweater wear that shit <laughs> that's crazy. my ex my ex-girlfriend okay. has a sweater of it 
Oh, yeah. wow, really? I didn't know that. That's so cool. What about your trauma? Okay, so this one was, I'd say, the hardest cover to make. It was an image, again, you took, but you never would have been able to tell. It is um, a forest scene, yeah. specifically of the trees. It has been distorted, but it was edited very carefully because I distorted it with my fingers. Um, I flipped it around, mm-hmm. and I really fucked with the color. And the image is supposed to look like two aliens, kind of. Yeah, it really does. That's so cool. Now, what I think of it, when I when I look at it, what I think is like, it it's telling you, the image is telling you that you need to like, think about the music in a really abstract way for it to make sense. You know what I, I mean? I suppose I do. And it also looks really cool. It looks like the, like it would look so nice on vinyl. On vinyl, yeah, I think like so. A little cover, it it look it look amazing. So yeah, it's great. I can't wait. Wait, do you have vinyl for your trauma? Can I buy some? Is it in possible? the future likely? All right, because I cannot wait for that. I'm I'm like, I'm like ready. You know, I don't even have a record player, but. I'd still buy that because that's like a collector's item pretty much in my opinion. But that's the end now. And thank you so much for your time, Brian, and for talking about all this stuff and getting not super personal, but just like a little look into like your music. And it's definitely underappreciated and I would love for anyone listening to this to go show some love and support to such a creative and groundbreaking new artist that's like a part of our community, you know, a lot of the listeners, just like like a mutual friend of mine. It's so cool. So thank you so much, Brian, for doing this podcast and have a great night, everyone. Yep. Thanks for having me.